Amen. Today I want to talk about uh, what is Christmas, and it looks different for everybody. Um, a lot of our celebrations are similar, but different cultures have different, um, different traditions that they incorporate into their Christmas celebrations. But what is Christmas? Christmas is a season of joy and celebration for many of us. It is a season of good cheer. It's laughter and merriment and sharing with one another. It's the giving of gifts and greeting every stranger with a smile. It's family and gatherings, carolers and sleigh bells. It's pageants and parties, eggnog and cookies, peanuts, oranges, chocolate, many other traditions. It's trees and lights and decorations and way, way, way too much food. Thanks to all our moms for that. It's angels and shepherds, travelers and babies, and no room in the inn. Christmas is about a promise. Now, there are many stories told around the Christmas season, stories that will move your soul and touch your heart. Some even cause you to shed a tear. Stories of kindness and generosity. Stories of selfless giving, of families reunited, calloused hearts being softened, stories of miraculous provision and intervention. And all of these things are good and important, but there's only one story that can bring about a lasting change. And it's the story of the very first Christmas. Some 2,000 years ago, Christmas was a lot different than the way we like to think of it today. There were no decorations and lights along the streets. The market may have been full, but it wasn't all decorated. It wasn't as commercial. It wasn't as, as popular as a Christmas celebration as it is now. 2,000 years ago, the streets were full of tyranny and oppression. The market was full of excessive taxation, and military occupation was the norm. In fact, 2,000 years ago, when Christmas began, there was a mandatory travel order and a census taking place. The Roman Empire was busy taking over the world and subjecting everyone to their dominance. Taxes, tributes, and cruelty were commonplace. And in the middle of this chaos and turmoil, God sent his son, born of a virgin, born in a stable, carefully wrapped and placed in a manger. See, for thousands of years, the nation of Israel had been waiting for a promised Messiah, a savior, one who would come and end the reign of tyranny and oppression forever. Many prophecies were given concerning the Messiah, and many interpretations and speculations followed about how and when these prophecies might be fulfilled. During the time of the Roman occupation, many were hoping that the Messiah would come as a conquering king who would overthrow the Romans and grant them their freedom. And nobody knew for sure, but they all had one thing in common, 
hope. Hope that one day their Messiah would come. And that first Christmas, that is what happened. The message of that first Christmas was hope. The angel told Mary that the baby would be called Emmanuel, God with us. When God first created Adam and Eve, he would walk and talk with them daily. They had a friendship and a fellowship. Then sin messed up that relationship. That's why God had promised to send a Savior. He wanted his people back. He wanted that relationship with his creation back. But a Savior was not going to be a warrior who would overthrow governments, but a lamb who would reverse the curse of sin and remove the veil of separation between God and man. That is the hope that the great leaders of the faith had through the generations, that one day the Lord's Messiah would come and overthrow the authority of Satan, and man would once again have uninterrupted fellowship with God. It is this hope that we base our faith upon. Hope is what our joy is founded on. Before Jesus arrived in Bethlehem that night, faith was built on a hope that one day in the future, God's salvation would come. Today we build our hope on the completed work of Christ on the cross. The fulfillment of the promise. His death and burial fulfilled the requirements of the penalty for sin and identified him as human. His resurrection defeated death and hell, and his ascension made room for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon the church. Sin has been conquered. We are no longer under the authority of the devil. His power has been stripped, and we are free. So what is our hope, and what are we basing it on? Hope without a promise is only wishful thinking. Hope without a promise is an idea that maybe one day things will be different. But what sets us apart as believers in Jesus? The first thing I want to point out is that we have a new citizenship. Colossians 1 verse 13 says, For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. We've been taken out of the kingdom of darkness through the blood of Jesus, by his sacrifice, by his victory, We've been translated into the kingdom of God. We have a new citizenship. We live in this world, but we don't belong to this world any longer. 1 John 5, 11 and 12 says, This is the testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. 
We've been translated, relocated, transplanted. We have a new citizenship. We're in a new kingdom. A new country is our home. We're part of God's family, part of God's kingdom. That is our hope. Our hope isn't based in this world. Hope number two, we have eternal influence. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3 and 4 says, Though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Too often we find ourselves fighting against the authorities that God has put in place instead of using his authority to fight for them. Whether we agree with him or not, right or wrong, every authority has been put there by God. If we rebel against the authorities, we are rebelling against God. We are called to pray, not to complain. If we grumble and complain, we are not showing the life of Christ. In fact, we put ourselves under the same spiritual influence that we accuse them of operating in. I don't always like the way the government does things. That's not important. What's important is what I'm willing to do about it and how. Jesus didn't call us to rebel against tyranny and oppression. He called us to live out the life that he's placed inside of us by the Holy Spirit. He's called us to pray. He's called us to take authority in the Spirit and bind up the principalities and the powers that are influencing our governments, influencing our teachers, influencing our fathers. If the world sees us reacting negatively to our surroundings and the situations that arise, where is the light of Christ? And where is the peace? And that is hope number three. We have a supernatural peace. John 16, verse 33 says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. We face a lot of things in our lives. Lots of situations we'd rather not go through. Lots of things that make us question why and how and what. But Jesus says, take heart. I have overcome already. And we are in Christ. 1 John 4, 4 says, You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Many people hope for a better tomorrow. Insert your physical needs here, whether it's healing, whether it's financial breakthrough, whether it's broken relationships that you want restored, whatever it is. But if there's no basis for their hope, they have nothing to stand on. And so their hope is empty. Our hope is built on the promises of God. And they are many. And the infallibility of His Word. There is nothing He has promised that will not be done. 
although not necessarily according to our timing or our wishes, but according to our faith and our persistent pursuing of the promise, we have confidence in His Word, knowing that in the end His Word will stand. And if we are standing on His Word, we will not be shaken. If we see the promise on this side of heaven or not, God is still on the throne and He is still working. And either way, bless God and give Him praise. Our hope is found in Christ. Our hope gives us peace. Hebrews 6 verse 19 says, We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where Jesus, who went before us, has entered on our behalf. We have a better hope. We have a living hope. We're not bound by what happens in this world. We're not bound. We're not, this isn't our eternal home. This isn't our final resting place. This is the path that we walk on the road to being with Christ forever. And we may face trouble. We may face hardships. We may face persecutions. But our hope is knowing that God is there for us, that Christ has gone before us and created a way for us, that we have a new citizenship. And we have that peace. We have a better hope, a living hope. This is the message that we have received. It's the message that we as a church need to convey. We live in a world that is still torn apart because of sin. Satan is still at work in the world trying to deceive and manipulate and destroy as many people as he can. Our mission, our message, our hope is to save as many people as we can. To share the good news of the kingdom of the gospel of Jesus wherever we go. The world wants to see something they don't have. And that's Christ in us, the hope of glory. So if we have this hope, what does our lives look like? What do our lives look like? Do we have peace? Do we have confidence in God, knowing that He will see us through no matter what we face? As believers in Jesus, we have an eternal hope that cannot fade. It will not fade. Let's convey that message. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for this hope that you've given us. Thank you for Jesus who came turned the world upside down with his goodness, with his glory, with his power. Thank you for setting us aright by your spirit, by your blood, for giving us the new life and that eternal hope. Help us to walk in it, Father. Help us to share this hope and this joy. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen.